Yeah, well, you haven't read it before, so... No, I've never read it. i never seen the movies before, either. I didn't have time to watch the movie. I was, like, when all this came down, like, when this was, like, a popular thing, I was just, you know, it was cool to not, to, like, reject it entirely without reading or watching any of it. So that's what I did in, like, 2007 or whatever, 2008, when this uh, Twilight Badness was taking the world by storm. I was like, no, I'm not into that. I'm so into that. Yeah, I'm still not into it, but at least I read it and watched it this time. I did feel a little embarrassed. Uh, reading it? Yeah, but not very much because I was like 17. This time or last time? When I was 17. Yeah. Heavy. Bored. I am heavy, heavy, heavy bored. This is Heavy Board, episode 15. I'm Andrew Whitsett. I'm Sophie Wiener. And today we're doing Twilight by Stephanie Meyer. And I am thrilled. Sophie's thrilled, although she doesn't seem like it. I mean, it's so... Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) Oh, fucking Twilight, dude. What Uh, a thrill. Yeah. Uh, And this is another one of those books, listeners... Do you, if you really need us to introduce this, I mean, everybody knows what this is. Twilight. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows. It's like us trying the to hit, introduce. The hit vampire teen romance of the, what, what will we say? When was this, like 2008? Uh, originally published in 2005, the first okay. book. And then I think, you know, the series started rocking. And the movie yeah, it, was released in 2008. Yeah, it was getting really hot probably towards the end of my time in high school yeah it was peak high school for us i noticed that watching the movie last night i was like the outfits it was peak. i don't think i i don't think i read it until right as i was graduating when i was 17 which maybe makes that worse that's embarrassing it was uh it was peak 2008 dude 2007 like when the movie like all the outfits when it became a phenomenon is when i was when i got on board yeah I hopped on that bandwagon. Yeah. So, I mean, a pretty big cultural touchstone with Twilight. I guess, do we have the same version of this? Mine might be a newer printing, but it's the, uh, I have the little brown paperback. Uh, yeah, I think that's, is it yeah. this one? Yeah, yeah, it's just the newer printing, I think. Yeah, that's the one with the, you know, pale hands holding an apple. <laughs> I don't really understand that. Like, what is the significance of that image? Um, you know, there's probably some innocence coded into this, I'm sure. Are the hands Edward and the apple is Bella? Huh. There are lots of ways we could take this, I'm sure. So, I don't feel like we care whether Stephanie Meyer picked her cover. Um, but I'm sure it was effective. It's black cover. Lots of good contrast, you know, going on. I was say, usually the writer has no 
control yeah. over the cover. So this marketing department. Yeah. Well, they did good. So we yes. both have this little brown one. I have a newer printing. Um, I guess it's one of a trilogy of, or not trilogy. I guess it's <sighs> saga. It's, it's four books. So a quartet of books, but then there's like two other ones that are like associated with it. Well, I read the four, I think, though I don't remember. Yeah, in the movies, they just made the, the original four, like the quartet of... Uh... I think I tried to watch the second movie at one point and kind of wanted to leave. <laughs> They're all on Hulu right now, listeners, if you want to go watch them. I remember thinking the first one was bad and the second one was worse. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say any of them are good. Uh, I watched the movie last night before we did this, and as I was taking notes, I was like, man, this movie is way better than the book I just read. <laughs> yeah. That's how it's I It's just a, a throbbing, pulsing, teen vampire romance absent of sex. <laughs> Yeah, because Meyer's a Mormon or whatever. I mean, who knows? You know? No, I mean, she is. Like, but, she was, uh, like, a Mormon housewife or something. And yeah, but, I mean, this. who knows if that's why. Like, maybe... I mean, that's definitely I mean, why there's I'd no sex. I spoil the rest of the series for you. I mean, yeah, I'll probably... We'll, I guess we'll we'll do this. We'll, we'll finish the series. I can't not now that I've started. I think it's begun, and I went and found the second book at my parents' house today, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, so these books, we can say, you know, for each in the in the series, it's probably about what? How much? I mean, pages or? Uh, yeah, it's about 500 pages. Probably, that's probably about average for all of the books. I think Breaking Dawn is the biggest one, and that's like double the size. Like, it's like an 800 or 1,000. Does your copy have a preface of the next book in the back? Um, no. I just realized that. I have a feeling I knew that when I was first reading it, but... No, just the epilogue and then it ends. Yeah, okay, so I definitely have a much... I mean, maybe this was, like, before... I don't know when New Moon came out. New Moon is the second book. <coughs> Well, I think if you said you got into it right when the movies came out, that was probably when they did these big reprintings to like sell the big series, yeah, along with the was... movie marketing. So yeah, it, it was sense. right before the movie came out. It right. was like the year before the movie came out. Right. So they're like making that. And I was like, oh my god, Robert Pattinson. Everybody in the movie is is, well, at least Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart, like they're hot. But Kristen yeah. Stewart seemed a weird choice to me in a way. Yeah. The thing is, we'll get to this eventually in this uh, conversation. Yeah, I have a thing for Kristen Stewart. But yeah, Kristen Stewart. I have Stewart's... a thing about her. She does this thing where I feel like she's acting with her jaw. Kira Knightley uh, does it too. Well, she has a striking jaw. And maybe that's just it. Maybe I, I have a problem with striking female jaws. Yeah, that's, I have a thing for Kristen Stewart. So yeah, Kristen Stewart's incredibly hot. And then, like, I think she's even hotter now that she's older, too. So, like, she's a little young in, like, the Twilight, at least the first movie. I think she's only, like, 18 or 19 when they filmed that. Same with Robert Pattinson. I think he was only, like, 18 or 19, like, when they started, if not younger. Yeah, what a strange book. 
Although I was looking it up, like I was, I was pretty sure. I was like, did Kristen Stewart get a nose job? <laughs> she must I have at some I point. I don't keep tabs. She must have at some point because uh, her nose looks much smaller now than it did in like these first Twilight, <laughs> these like first Twilight movies. Uh, I was watching her like you know eighteen, nineteen. But yeah, so that works. All right, we covered that. We covered the publisher. We have the same edition, so page numbers will match up more or less. Here, maybe a little different. We talked about Little Brown and Company. Published this 2005, 2006 was the paperback printing. So we have. All right, let's just go into it. Thoughts, initial thoughts. Wow, wow, wow. This book has everything except for most of a plot and <laughs> sex. And, you know, in my, in my 17-year-old brain, that was perfect like the characters are empty I can just plaster my face on top of them and voila Uh, teenage girl fantasy land uh, perfect for that it's a really bad book taps into the low self esteem female psyche (laughs) at age 16 17 very very well not in any way that i think is like necessarily positive <laughs> are you saying that it's a bad book that you can't help but like kind of thing oh 100 yeah. percent. like i mean like there were parts where i was like oh like this is so fucking bad and annoying and i can't stand it but at no point was i as at no point did i hate it the way i hated the quick and the dead right like, like i had to finish it but it's also like giant print on, you know, it's giant print where like it's just two people sort of flirting for like most of 500 pages in like a really fucked up way, by the way, which I'm sure we'll talk about. It's, it's, it's kind of not double spaced, but it's like half spaced. And the print's big. Yeah, the print is big, and it's also spaced out more than your average yeah. novel. So it's like kind of like, like I said, not double spaced, but like a it's half. It's a big book for teens. Yeah, so if this was printed normally and not with huge type and like spacing in between the lines, it would probably be like a 250-page book. But because it also, they print it like this, it's 500. It takes so little like brain power to read it, you know? Oh, yeah. There's nothing to like really interpret you're not like ever really confused about what's happening. There's no complicated syntax or language. Yeah. My thoughts, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Uh, I was texting Sophie about this all week where I was getting so frustrated. Basically because the first 300 pages of the novel are filler. <laughs> apart, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, apart bad from... Book. You know, you get a few moments that's setting up. You can tell that she's never written anything before or since, really, with this, right? Like, she was not a trained writer. It's amateurish. All the things you expect in kind of pop novels. And, you know, I don't want to beat up a pop novel for things like that. But usually I can, like, I texted Sophie this. I can forgive a pop novel for that if the story supersedes all else. Like, if it's just the story, like, 
we talked about this on the King episode, like it, when it just starts clicking and the story is like, okay, next, 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 what happens next, what happens next kind of thing, you can forgive Yeah, they say clunkiness. most of the story, it yeah. seems, for like the last, what, like 200 pages max? Shit, dude, at page like 380 is when I think <laughs> it starts to actually hit. And that's after, during like the and baseball the way, game. Yeah, so the way things happen in this book is stupid (laughs) and when the first thing that happens in this book happened in this book i was like (laughs) what it's so goofy to me and maybe it's the less goofy thing that happens but basically you know the plot up to this point is like there's this girl bella conveniently you know she's called bella swan She's like an ugly ducking, duckling, but actually she's a swan. Um, Very clever. Yeah, I know. Very clever. So clever. Uh, <laughs> lived in Arizona with her mom, but for some reason has decided to exile herself to Forks, Washington, where her dad lives, which is the first thing that doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, didn't you have friends? Like, well, what they do in the plot, like, they do explain this a little bit in the plot. It's not very well explained, but it's like, you know, they kind of keep hinting at it the whole time is that her mother's new husband is minor league ball player and, or you coach know, or something. doesn't know yeah. when he's going to get, where he's going to end up. They got transferred to some city because he got traded or something, and then... Yeah, she didn't want to come, or it was just only temporary for like a couple months, so they didn't want to take her, so they sent her to Forks, and whatever for, for whatever reason, she ends up in this small town in Washington. They really make it seem like it's her decision. Yeah, and I mean it is kind of to right. Go. She. Um, the thing that I'm just like, didn't you have like? Do you not? The thing that was hard for me to believe as this character was like, you left this place where you've lived your whole life. Or most of your life. You're not leaving like any friends behind or you don't have people you're thinking about. Yeah. There's, I mean, I guess we just don't get into it and like, whatever. And that's, yeah, that's the thing too, is I don't care about so much stuff like that, particularly in pop novels like this, you know, whatever, let's roll. Let's just kind of go with the story. My problem with this was that there was no story. (laughs) There was like, uh, I just, yeah, I kept getting frustrated reading this because if, if I didn't have to read this, like if we weren't doing an episode on this, I was texting Sophie, I probably would have stopped reading 150 pages in, which if you listen to this show, you know, is my rule of thumb. I'll give every book 150 pages. And if you still haven't gotten me by then, I'll probably stop reading it. But since we were doing an episode on this, I just forced through it. <laughs> and that was a brutal 200 pages before we got to that fucking baseball game. It gets so boring. Yeah. And it's um, not even that, like, you know, it's not like I wanted it, it to be this really graphic kind of like raw premarital sex. Like, I didn't think that needed to happen. I no, just but things think, needed to happen. Yeah, we but needed some vampire shit to happen, you know? Yeah. Like, there's this whole... So here's what happens in most of the novel. They end up somewhere in the same place together because, I don't know, Edward's coming to save her from some unforeseeable, you know, bad thing. And 
they sit and they talk for a while. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the entire thing. Yeah, they talk. It's like awkward teen flirting for like three hundred. It's like pages. awkward teen flirting with someone who is like, who with a character who feels like he's more like twenty five. <laughs> well, I guess technically he's supposed to be like ninety, right? Yeah. He's only pretending to be seventeen, or I guess it's that's supposed to be part of it too—the conflict between being like ninety but also like forever living as a seventeen-year-old. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, so that's a lot of it. It's like this weird, almost like a love at first sight thing. Or that's sort of the vibe they give. Because it's like every time they talk, it just seems like an unreal (laughs) kind of we're instantly in love with each other kind of talking. I don't know. It was strange. But the big thing that happens is ultimately Edward saves her from getting smashed by a fellow student's car at school. And she was like, he moved too quickly. He was able to, he was able to lift this car off of me. And it like all happens in like a split second. And that's the thing that sets us off on this whole thing about what the fuck is going on with Edward, even though we as the readers already know that he's going to be a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. And that's too, like, uh, you can kind of see the amateur writing because that first moment of action is him saving her from the car crash. And then, like, that's where we're like, okay, something's going on here because this is the first unusual thing that we get, like, actual scene of. And then it's, that's in chapter three. And then we get, like, ten chapters of just awkward teen flirting and it was so hard for me to read and we're going to get into this i have a few questions about like being a man reading this and then being a woman reading this and then of course being a teenager is a little different too like so reading that and i'm interested to see that because sophie kept marking all these things that she saw as like references to sex and i was just like wait a minute what well it's just hard not to (laughs) read the dialogue between two people that are like heavily implying their attraction to one another and like stating that they love each other and then having one of them be like wow that's um a big jeep you got like yeah you mean dick (laughs) i was just crossing out words and putting dick or cock yeah that's what i mean damn like there are so many moments of like Edward walking into a room from the rain and his hair was dripping wet, you know, when and there's more than one instance of that. Um, sexy. Yeah. yeah, there's, there's a lot of these moments that I don't know. I started uh, labeling things as either like good, hot or bad, hot. Cause there's a lot of bad, hot in here. Hot or not. Here we go. Um, Like, there are some really cringy moments where, like, Edward will do something that we're supposed to think is, like, sweet and, like, loving and charming. And it made me cringe. I will say, Edward is much more likable in the movies with, like, Robert Pattinson and all his charisma and good looks and, like, charm behind it than he is in the book where he's kind of, like, this angry, irrationally angry, like, dead, like person and i get that he's a vampire he's supposed to be like dead but like yeah like robert pattinson breathed a lot of life into that character uh (laughs) it would not have been uh as good if they didn't cast him well 
But the first thing you open up on in this whole thing, I want to talk to you about this. You know, you get the dedication, you get the contents, all the usual stuff you get in the novel. But then there's this quote from Genesis 2.17. So those of you that know your Bible. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. I guess that's the significance of the apple forbidden fruit kind of metaphor. And I was just like, all right, so why is this the thing that she's starting the whole thing off with? Oh my God. Well, like this whole thing is like, they, besides her being a a member of the church, the lion falling in love with the lamb at one point. And they make a joke about it. Yeah. Besides her being an active member of the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, maybe, yeah, I guess the forbidden fruit metaphor is what she was trying to go for, hence the apple with the pale hands on the cover. Yeah, she wants that she can't have. Eat this forbidden fruit. So does he, and that's like the whole tension. Eat this forbidden fruit. (laughs) Naughty boy. The whole time it's just like, I love you. But you should want to leave me. Yeah. I hate myself. <laughs> I'm a monster, but also, I'm not really. Yeah, the danger factor. And I get, I guess, right after these movies hit was True Blood. We should yeah. read those books, too. We should put that on the list. It's Okay, like... but also, at no point did I believe, like, he's going to fucking eat her. Like, there's right. a danger here. And that's the problem. Like, at no point do does anyone think, like, yeah. Right. The danger, the he risk. He fuck her up. <laughs> yeah. The movie, honestly, does it better than than the book does. I'm thinking specifically of that scene in the bedroom that the movie significantly shortens because it's ridiculously long in the book. Where they're kind of talking in Belle's bedroom and then, uh, or Bella's bedroom. Sorry, getting my fantasy stories mixed up here. And uh, they just kind of vigorously make out. It's honestly more vigorously, like, kind of hot. Like, we want to fuck yeah, each no, other, make out, like... than anything in the book. And then he kind of stops and is like, oh, it's too much. And, like, kind of runs away real quick because he's about to, he thinks he's, and I was like, all right, well, that worked better than any scene in the book <laughs> to yeah, show us hard. that he's very struggling, very hard not to eat her. Yeah, it never <laughs> seems like he's actually struggling. Right. It's just like he stops. Right. You know, like she tried, like when they finally kiss and she's like really intense about it. And he's like, you're going to kill me. Right. Like, You'll be the on. death of me, Bella. Yeah. And that's her getting upset when he says shit like that. And it's just like this weird, like hot and cold. <laughs> <laughs> they would be like that couple at school that, you know, is going to be together for a really long time. But they're super fucking annoying and they always have some drama. They're always fighting, but they're always in love. Yeah. And a lot of those first couple chapters is setting up the kind of high school drama. Like you have to learn all the different kids and they're all into Bella. And Who then don't you have... matter, by the way. Yeah. Who don't matter at all in any part of the story. Really? Yeah. Don't come... And I haven't read the other books. I don't know if they start to matter. My guess is they don't. Considering how, how kind of carelessly Jacob is scattered throughout this book and how important he becomes eventually. Like, I haven't even read or seen any of those movies. I just know, <laughs> like, this, yeah. the general idea. It is kind of like, man, you really didn't utilize Jacob to set up that kind of... And I get that you... I was you know, surprised that that didn't happen in this book. 
what? that there was Same. not like a yeah. Jacob, like the a tension, Jacob, like tension in this book. Well, that's a good point because as I was reading this, I kept projecting the tension from what I knew of the story between Edward and Jacob. Instead, because it's and I think the movie did that a lot better, where like they kind of showed you this setup and they kind of cut out a lot of the fat. And I think that's just amateur writing. Like that's one of the reasons that this was hard to read for me. And at times, like Sophie said, hard to read for even people that enjoyed it. Like because this was done by such an amateur, you can see the flaws that aren't so bad. You can forgive them a little bit if you like pop fantasy, young adult stuff. But it's like they're bad. They're obje- it's objectively I mean, like, bad. How writing. would you describe Bella as a character from the book alone? Uh, that's interesting. That was one of my questions. Because uh, I... there are a lot of conflicting things, which isn't to say people can't have very, you know, traits that are sort of in conflict. But I did. I noticed that right around like page 40. I was like, Bella is a little inconsistent as a character, yeah. kind of especially they make her less inconsistent in the movie, which is why I keep saying the movie is better done. Because they had a, a a professional writer <laughs> write that, so that's why it works better. But it was like she's it's it's a little bit inconsistent. I get she's a teenager, so she's like kind of at the end of her teen years, where you're kind of growing up into an adult. But there was this kind of inconsistency between her being an immature teen that doesn't understand her feelings exactly, to being like a mom in her thirties, like cooking dinner and going to the grocery store, and to all being this. like a total like housewife for her dad no sort of like femme fatale like who is like being really manipulative like especially when she's like with jacob and she's like bad flirting and it is really bad but it seems so unrealistic for even bad flirting that it's just corny well i mean in the real world if you're if you're like um Let's just say if you're a woman that's more attractive than the average woman, you're usually bad at flirting because you don't have to be good at flirting. <laughs> and it's just like, it's also all of these things like she's not like a <laughs> girl, you know? Yeah. But she also has to be a character that's like, I guess, you know, easy to relate to for most girls. <laughs> But yeah, there's all this shit of like, she's not like other girls, but like she's very clumsy the clumsy the thing, thing that stands out to her about Edward is in part that she has a floral smell. Right. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't get a, a and I didn't really buy her as a character. Yeah, the making her clumsy, I thought, was a little over the top. But again, you know, this is kind of an amateur. Like, she says herself... And she's also a teenager, and... Yeah, and that happens when you're growing into your body and stuff like that, too, right? Like, you have... that you Maybe, like, when you're in that puberty stage and your legs get longer and you have to learn how to use them and <laughs> all that kind of shit. Like, you can't do all that. Um, but yeah, I did think she was a little inconsistent as a character... And then I, I try to avoid I tried to avoid just kind of tearing this book apart in terms of the structural and grammatical and the superfluous commas from somebody who clearly doesn't know how to use commas in a, <laughs> in a sentence. Um, so I didn't want to like really beat it up that bad with that, even though I could, because I mean that's easy, you know, it's easy to be like, "Whoa, this is a terrible structure. This is this stupid comma." But it started to really get on my nerves <laughs> at some point. Yeah, it didn't bother me. Yeah. 
Uh, we've covered that a few lines, but the pre the preface. The way she talks, like he's always growling something. Like the way that she uses the, you know, uh, the verbs to follow any bit of dialogue. Someone's eyes are always narrowing. He said his eyes narrowing. He said snickering. You know, it's all, you know, he, he groaned. Yeah. Like, those are all her favorites. That, and like the pref, the pre, the preface is always, I got a very much like Snow White and the Huntsman vibes, like fairy tale vibes, and I get that's what it's going for, right? The forbidden fruit, this kind of thing. Very first line, and this is the first voiceover in the movie, too. I'd never given much thought to how I would die. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, I mean, I get, I, I get that the genre. This is this is something that like is 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 common in the genre. But yeah, that first couple little paragraphs here where she's talking about the hunter smiled. I was like, ooh. And yeah. then the sentences started to drive me nuts. But uh, yeah, don't have to get too much into that. Few moments, uh, the ellipses really drove me crazy too how how they were used i just flew through it i wasn't even like paying attention <laughs> it's i just very, needed to know what happened next and it's even very teen like it's, it's so teen yeah like the very first line of chapter two on page 29 the next day was better ellipses and worse yeah i'm a teen it's and i'm like, a teen in 2003 obnoxious. Yeah, it's obnoxious, but it's also, like, exactly, I don't know. It's, yeah, there's a 17-year-old girl in me that's just like, oh, yeah. I guess I could just read this against, like, and, you know, against my will to not like it, you know? Knowing it's bad. Yeah. And I still need to read the next one. There was some serious lines, the big line that I, like, I stopped marking them at a certain point, like the cheesy, yeah. horrible metaphors oh, and lines. Oh, the cheesy ones are really bad. But There's so many. By page 30, I was still kind of like, well, let's mark it. And I on page 30, there's this one where she's referring to her courage. I made the oh. cowardly lion look like the Terminator. Oh, my God, yeah. Cowardly lion capped. Terminator is not. Ugh. God. Yeah, dude. I don't know who edited this, but they sucked. Yeah, uh, also that line's just like, ugh. Yeah, it's the line makes you want to puke, but... It's also teenager. But it also sums up what this is. Like, this it's is... It's just teenager flirt porn. That, but I think, you know, we have a book podcast. We talk about all kinds of books on this thing. Like, we know... We're, like, I, I think a lot of people, like, especially, like, in, like, the literary side they tend to try and treat these kind of young adult pop novels on the same par that you would with any type of literary attempt at a novel. And we don't want, I, 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 that annoys me on its own way because, you know, we got to be careful to avoid that and treat them separately kind of thing. But yeah, it really just kind of, you know, the pop culture references, like this is a genre. There's a genre that maybe Twilight started, although not really, it kind of always was there. But, like, it really took off after the Twilight stuff, right? And Harry Potter and all that. But it's, like, there is this, like, tween thing 
that would think that like the Cowardly Lion and Terminator references were very cool. I'm thinking of yeah. like Ready Player One and all very these pop. stupid. I mean, it's just it's just pop culture references. Well, that's to what things I mean. Already know, you and, know, like the pop culture yeah. is like in place of actual yeah. metaphorical or yeah. some type of language or anything like that. You just throw this pop culture. And I like that. I think that has a place in a lot of literature and pop literature, but <clears throat> this, it would just, when you lay it on too thick, it's, it very much puts you right into that kind of tween. And it is mostly tween girls that read this stuff. Right. And adults <laughs> like 30 year old adults like us. It makes me anxious to be away from you it's one of my favorite lines and that one has two ellipses in it yeah, so it's, it makes me anxious to be away from you yeah ah he groaned quietly this is wrong i couldn't understand his response what did i say don't you see bella it's one thing for me to make myself miserable but a wholly other thing for you to be so involved. He turned his anguished eyes to the road, his words flowing almost too fast for me to understand. I don't want to hear that you feel that way. His voice was low but urgent. His words cut me. It's wrong. It's not safe. I'm dangerous, Bella, please grasp that <laughs> yeah man as i'm going through that page 43 was when i was i pretty much stopped marking the commas after this because i was so many of the superfluous kind of you don't need that comma at all i don't know why it's there which is classes class didn't start for a few minutes comma and the room buzzed with conversation well, that's technically grammatically correct. It's grammatically correct, it, it, but it's also just kind of like, like it's not that. It's just like class didn't start for a few minutes and the room buzzed with conversation. Like the comma doesn't need to be there. Like, yeah, it's it doesn't. It's not doing anything. But it's not incorrect. Yeah. Well, I guess that's arguable. This is wrong. Not that it's wrong. I just, it's just the sign I'm of like. dangerous. Yeah. She's. It's because she's not dangerous, dude. Yeah. And when I first started noticing that I was really bored, was like chapter eight. Give me a page. Uh, I'm trying to find it myself because I didn't write it down here. Hold on. Chapter eight starts on page 152 in my version. Port The Port Angeles chapter. Yeah. Uh, Same as mine. And that was like, when I got there, and the reason I started feeling kind of like, <laughs> this is where i have one of my notes at the top of the page and i instantly remembered why i was pissed off when i got into this chapter go on it was just like at this point we're 150 pages into the novel so that's what i mean like this is my kind of cutoff for most novels i'll give everything 150 pages and if it's not getting me by then i'll probably stop reading it so at this point i was like all right i'm reaching my first initial uh i'll stop reading it if i wasn't doing a podcast on it but uh that's where I was just like, man, nothing is at stake yet. I am 150 pages in, so I'm like a third of the way through this novel, and nothing is at stake. Like, what is at stake here? Nothing. Yeah. So, <laughs> so at the end of the chapter right before this, I wrote, what was the point of this chapter? To build up to the Port Angeles chapter? Because I, I sort of like had some memory of what was going to happen. Right. 
um, and that like something even minor like was gonna happen. And I was like looking at, it, I was like, oh, she reads. And like the whole build up to this chapter is like basically references to Bella reading Jane Austen novels and to having her ca- plans initially canceled. <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like, wait, what? Like, what was the purpose of it? Then, yeah, on the first page of chapter eight, I was already kind of frustrated when we got there. And she says, it had been a while since I had a girl's night out and the estrogen rush was invigorating. And I was like, when was the last time, like, when have you ever had a girl's night out? I don't get any sense that you're like a girl's night out kind of bitch. The estrogen rush. Or that like the estrogen rush is a thing (laughs) for you. Like, and the thing that I wrote here was like, does she actually like these girls? (laughs) Like, are we supposed to believe that she likes these people? Because up until now in the book, like the people that she's hanging out with, I don't get the sense she actually enjoys. Which is not like untrue to life, right? Yeah, I was going to say it's very female. (laughs) It's very female friendship. (laughs) There's a... I like you, but I kind of don't. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... I like you, but mostly I hang out with you because I don't want to hang out at home, and well, I like to talk shit about you later. Right. Yeah. So that's very normal, and like, I, it's one of those things that's like it is a normal kind but of. But she's not like other girls. <laughs> like it is a normal, real thing. But sometimes, like, this is why I kind of take issue when people say honesty when we're talking about books. Obviously, we're talking about fucking Twilight. So it's not, oh, it's an honest, you know, humanity, you know, some capturing humanity. Yeah. But it's like uh, when when we say that, so it's like some honest things just don't do well in novels. Like, you know, I don't want honest dialogue because honest dialogue's fucking boring. Like, I want. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem with this is that it's like real. It's kind of trying to be like actual real teens having an awkward conversation together, figuring out how to flirt. Without having built a full character. Without having built the character, but it's also like, you know, that's boring. Like, teens awkwardly trying to flirt is not exciting. Like, that's why you dress up dialogue when you're fiction. For a teenage for right. a teenage me it was plenty exciting so that's the thing too it's yeah. adequately exciting i it's never like, read it this it plays on all of these like desperate <laughs> like insecure things even in this chapter when they're talking about like bella's life in arizona and one of her friends asks her like didn't you ever go out with like a boyfriend or something when you lived in arizona and she was like, I've never had a boyfriend or even anything close. Like, I don't go, like, I didn't go out much. Which then again brings me back to the first moment of this chapter when we're like, <laughs> it's been a while since I had an estrogen rush. Like, they just sound like. <laughs> just saying that out loud. Just... They just sound like voices that belong to different people. <laughs> just saying that out loud like it's been a while since i've had an estrogen rush well so... that's why you picture it as something almost like sarcastically said you know yeah. it's been a while since i had an estrogen rush but like it doesn't even read that way really 
she says it was invigorating <laughs> like and i don't buy her as an ultimately sarcastic like it wants to be both things and so do teenagers and that right. makes sense but like it has to, we have to be able to buy into it and i don't buy into it yeah that... like it's it's just it doesn't read the same like there's a missing connecting piece and i didn't i didn't read this when it was coming out and big cuz again like i already said you know i was a teenage boy at the time this came out so i was very much like fuck twilight that's lame you know uh trying to be maybe cool. it's that we don't get her like interior like her interior life is just not that complicated <laughs> yeah which is true for a lot of teens but it's like also like i know you know but i am nostalgic for harry potter which is which is something we'll get into on this pod we plan to eventually listeners do harry potter the stuff way we're doing twilight here but it's like like I, I texted Sophie about this during the week as we were reading it. Like I kept at that point, chapter eight, <laughs> and I'm like, "There's nothing at stake so far, and we've had a hundred and fifty pages oh of novel." God. I was like, "Potter, like say what you will about the young adult genre. Say what you will about the millennials and their fantasies with like obsession with these these IPs. It's like, all right." at least Harry Potter had something at stake from page one. Like, <laughs> page one, they're dropping off a strange baby at a strange house by these unusually strange people that can turn the fucking lights out at will. And we're just like, hold on. what you know? And that starts it. Like, here, what do we start with? We start with, uh, I'd never given much thought to how I would die. It's just like... Yeah. It's not the same. They're not even on the same level. That's why Harry well, Potter is a billion-dollar empire the only thing with theme that's parks. Ever at stake, it's Bella might die, and it's never that we think that like Edward is the problem, even though he's like I'm the danger. And in some way, he is putting her to some in, to some degree in the way of danger. Right. Uh, but like, can we? You know, come on. Like takes two, okay. <laughs> and also, it's just the only thing. It's the only thing that happens. Like she and is that like it's the ultimate like weird savior fantasy, where she needs constant saving, and she's like, I don't want to need to be saved. But that's the only thing that happens throughout this whole thing. Whenever action is happening, it's because. Bella is a damsel in distress. Yeah. There's that. Which And it's never because Edward is about to eat her. Yeah. At none of those points are we ever like It's like when always... they're making out, we're not like, "Oh my god, is he going to yeah. rip her throat out?" <laughs> like I said, you you feel it more. We're talking about True Blood. I've never read the books, but I've watched that series and actually rewatched it over the pandemic with my wife. We'd both rewatched it. We were like, "Oh yeah." And really that, you know, that show falls apart after the third season, but it's still like, really, it falls apart right away. But it's, you know, Snooky in that we get a more sense of her being in danger for like being attracted to vampires and shit than we do of Bella here. And I guess the True Blood novels were written way before these kind of thing. But yeah, it's just, yeah. you know, you don't, you don't have yeah. that. Cause like, I just use that so cause it's the only no... thing I could think of for like vampire women, you know, vulnerable young women, fucking hot vampires or <laughs> wanting to, uh, it's the only reference I have. So I'm thinking, yeah, you know, a Snooky, like the danger was real. <laughs> like you could see it. Like yeah, she she's felt... also an adult. Yeah. That, that helps it that helps. you're 
a young and adult, yeah, <clears throat> instead of a teen. There's also more sex, which also helps. Yeah, that helps a lot. All right, those three chapters where it's nothing but Bella and Edward talking uh, really drove me crazy. Yeah, there's so much. That's So we're talking about the chapter now. This is the chapter where, yeah, where she's getting stalked by, like, these creepy dudes. Yeah, like just these guys that, like, are harassing her on the street and I guess attempting to rape her, according yeah. to Edward. You yeah, know, they're so cat Edward just they're, shows up yeah. in another town where Bella happens to be that weekend. Right. And that's the thing, is because this is right after we establish that Edward is a vampire. Like, we just established that, like, a chapter or so ago. And then, once we establish that, it's like, okay, we just established that we the reader knows, Bella knows, Edward knows, everybody that needs to know knows, and we know this, and so now we have this little secret that we all have. Then we get about a hundred pages, listeners, a hundred pages of Edward and Bella talking, talking awkwardly like teenagers trying to flirt at a restaurant in their bedroom, in Bella's bedroom, uh, at Edward's fucking house. <laughs> like there's just, and it's just them talking. And I was just like, oh my God, like we need to move. Like we don't need all this talking. But then I guess Sophie was saying like, you know, the most of the suspense in this story is whether or not they are going to like kiss. Yeah. And I guess that just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> so I was just getting so frustrated. Like I was like, there's well, no there fucking... Well, there are also like all of these other sort of, I think, really basic like teenage girl fantasy moments of like just getting saved. Right? Right, yeah. It's a big one of being asked out to prom in really weird ways. God. Yeah. There's a lot of... There, yeah, there's just a but lot I... of oh, he's watching me, but I'm not bothered by that because he wants to keep me safe and he actually just really admires me. Like, this is all just the mind of an insecure female. Like, this is all exactly that to a T, just as a romance novel. Yeah, and I'll be honest with that. I've never read a romance novel. Like, this is the Either first... I, yeah, this well, is the first one this. I have. Yeah. So, I don't really know... Yeah, and I really don't know the genre, so because of that, so. But I was also a teenager, and I didn't want to, like, it didn't, it wasn't the same, like, it wouldn't be the same thing to read about people fucking. <laughs> right, yeah. Although. Very exciting for the flirt. Yeah, my big thing when I was, it was curse words, and then anything graphic or violent like that would usually be like, ooh. I always tell the story of when I first saw like the word damn or shit in like a book and how tingly it made me kind of, I was in like fourth or fifth grade. And I remember it was in one of those, you remember those, those my name is America books no. that they, they pushed them on young boys. I guess girls had like American doll or American yeah. girl. Uh, the boys had the version of that called like the, my name is America thing where they were like these diaries of, different young men in history so like there is one we I had remember... the like diary well we had i don't know if they were like diaries or if they they were always like they had those like gilded pages right yeah shit yeah and they were written at least the my name is america stuff written and they had a bunch of different experiences so you got to experience like 
um, not experiences, but, you know, different perspectives. So you, there was one I remember very distinctly about like a, a Japanese American boy that was put into, you know, uh, one of the Japanese camps during World War II here in America. And like, you know, that was invigorating. But the one I really remember was a World War II one where this like 16 year old boy was in World War II and he kept talking about like his nuts shriveling up for being scared and like saying damn and hell and shit. And I was like, Oh, and I was like 10 years old reading this book being like, Oh my God, this is so badass!" Like, yeah. So that was, that was my first memory of that shit. And then, you know, by high school time, dude, I was pretty, pretty deep into like Chuck Palahniuk and all that kind of shit at the time, you know, 2007, 2006, Kurt Vonnegut. I was just discovering that kind of shit and like loving it. All the typical things that people make fun of men for online. Uh, I was into it and I was unapologetically into it, still unapologetic, apologetically into it. So yeah, but yeah, there's that. So that's really my thing. And I want to talk to Sophie about this too. We talked about like the male, female a little bit, how like, not that like it's different, but just how we got like different perspectives, like the associations that women make for things to sex versus the associations that I would make or okay, an average just, man would make. All right. Just sex. hear me out. Yeah. Hear me go out. for it. Speak on it. Yeah. I was stunned by the unexpected electricity that flowed through me, amazed that it was possible to be more aware of him than I already was. A crazy impulse to reach over and touch him, to stroke his perfect cock just once in the darkness nearly overwhelmed me. <laughs> now, the actual word there is face. <laughs> but your brain immediately went to cock? Yes. Even though, and now I say that now as an adult, my teenage brain would not have done that. But this is like, when you think about how much face touching there is in this book, like yeah. it is really weird. It is like a really weird, like fantasy of somebody who has never been in a romantic relationship. Right. It's just like every moment is designed to be like, peak romantic you know there's it it's never it's very rarely just like playful and when it's playful it's like he's strongly carrying her with one arm or something where it's very clear that like she is not his equal <laughs> yeah he's about to manhandle her yeah, yeah. Um, throw her down on the bed so much face touching like all of these moments that are like either supposed to be either playful or romantic like always feel overdone but completely out of the brain of somebody who has never yeah because if you were because that association so like when you replace the word face with the word cock like that sounds like a like a like a regular kind of romance novel like that sounds like yeah. the type of romance novel you pick up at an airport Exactly, like, but teens only care about touching. Like teen girls are like, no, I want to stroke your face in the yeah. Dark. And there is something intimate about like, crying face. on your chest. There Have is you that you still love me. And there is something sensual about like face touching, hair touching. Those are two things that are always a little sensual, no matter how you put them in to anything. Because it is just, you have to be very close to someone to do that. You have to have that trust unless there's some type of violent reaction. If somebody's like touching your face when you don't want them to, you usually have to be close and vulnerable and all that kind of shit for them to touch your hair or face type thing. So I understand that aspect. But yeah, as like an adult reading, as like a 30 year old adult reading this, it's just kind of like, uh, uh... Stroke his perfect cock just once in the dark. <laughs> 
quivering member. Yeah, dude. Oiled by the females juice. Like, I, I just outlined this whole page and just wrote sex in the margins, like, four times. <laughs> the hour seemed very long. I couldn't concentrate on the movie. I didn't even know what subject it was on. I tried unsuccessfully to relax, but the electric current that seemed to be originating from somewhere in his body never slackened. Like, everything sounds like a boner. Oh, yeah. Occasionally, I would permit myself a quick glance in his direction, but he never seemed to relax either. The overpowering craving to touch him also refused to fade, and I crushed my fist safely against my ribs until my fingers were aching with the effort. <laughs> I breathed a sigh of relief when this is all happening in class, I believe, by the way. I breathed a sigh of relief when Mr. Banner flicked the lights back on at the end of class and stretched my arms out in front of me, flexing my stiff fingers. Edward chuckled beside me. Well, that was interesting, he murmured. <laughs> That's just like, you know, I assume about 40 minutes of them sitting next to each other. Which like does, I guess, describe that. <laughs> like That I and I am I'm trying to be like fair. Realistic way, but also, I mean, I just, I just wrote sex all over this. Yeah, I was gonna say, say it. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. And to, I'm trying to be fair too. So I'm like, all right, you know, put myself in a teenage brain. It's it, and it is fucking hard for me to do for a lot of things because you know. Yeah, if you put yourself there and like think about like sitting next to somebody that you were like really into, crushing on in class. Yeah, there's there, yeah. there's like that internal anxiety or, or nervousness when like the hot girl or guy sits next to you for your bio lab and you're like, Oh, yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Right. If Kristen Stewart came and sat next to me, I'd be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty girl. Yeah. Whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, the Carlisle chapter. <laughs> The Carlisle, the, oh, the, the Cullen family history chapter. The Cullen family history chapter fucking sucks. Yeah, I think that's chapter 16. That's when I found the audiobook online. So that, chapter 16, that's page 334. So this is after we had a lot of talking, of just kind of talking, and like Sophie read this kind of awkward teen interaction at school and at home, and all, you know, all the different types of activities. Before or after, she's like, wow, that's. A big Jeep you got there. <laughs> that is, that's before, because the Jeep is right before the baseball. But, like, uh, uh, um, what was I going to say? No, um, the Carlisle chapter is right after the chapter where they, they go to Edward's house, and he introduces her to, like, all his vampire family, and they kind of all know that she knows that they're vampires, and, like, they're kind of, like, trying to be human and, like, welcoming to humans, and they're kind of awkward about it. But then we get like, you know, Edward takes her upstairs to Carlisle's office and starts giving her like the rundown of how Carlisle became a vampire, how old he is. <clears throat> and I just thought that that chapter was good because, I, I well, it wasn't like good, but I was like, OK, here we go. Let's get something. All right. You know, giving the reader uh, the backstory, the history, the kind of lore, because, you know, every time there's a vampire novel like this, sure, we have like the traditional vampire lore. And there's some reference to that when Bella's using her uh, <clears throat> internet connection in like 2003 or whatever, her uh, her like uh, hot pink translucent Mac or whatever on her desk that she's searching uh, searching um, 
you know, vampire lore online with a dial-up connection. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did bring me back a little bit. Yeah, that did bring me back to the days of AIM and shit. But uh, I was like, okay, this is good. Like, you know, you got to give the lore. And they all kind of take a few liberties with no, that. It takes so long before we get any sense of, and these are our enemies. And well, that doesn't even matter to this book. <laughs> one of the big liberties that she took with this book, and I think is it's not it's not terrible but it's also kind of like eh, a little bit cheating the vampires can come out during the day yeah and i get that she kind of covers well, that up with like a lot of cheating they can also go out in the daylight they just sparkle they sparkle they don't burn up and die yeah like in most vampire lore there are very limited ways to kill them yeah they don't even talk about stakes through the heart in this they talk about tearing them to pieces and burning them uh any of that stuff, silver, garlic, crosses, there's no reference to any of that. Maybe there are in later books, but at least not in this first one. So, okay, whatever. You know, every kind of book kind of puts their own twist on the vampire lore. That's fine. So I was willing to forgive that too, right? Okay, but like, give us the lore. Like, give us the rules of the universe, you know? This is what I, I was kind of dying for that at that point. Because, dude, at this point... We're 334 pages into this yeah, novel. Yeah, by the <laughs> way, just for reference, they declare their love for each other, or at least Bella declares her love for Edward, at least to the reader, on page, like, 195. Yeah, um, and... and They declare their love for each other, like, the first time they hang out. <laughs> yeah, and my thing with the Carlisle story was, I was like, okay, this would be a good opportunity to lay down how all this came to be, or at least give us, like, the rules that Carlisle puts forth for all the vampires, how they survive, maybe how they hunt together as a family, because they supposedly just feed off of animals and not humans, all that kind of stuff. Like, you could lay all that down, and it just didn't happen. There were a few decent little bits of, you know, fictional lore where Carlisle came from and like kind of the 1600s in Europe, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And some of those moments are fun, but the part where Edward's just taking him around or taking Bella around Carlisle's office and around the house, I thought was kind of, well, this is also when she just, maybe I'm sort of blending two chapters together. This is also well, like, they right are a little blended. Yeah, yeah. She also just met, the whole family because that chapter and then and the that's... chapter yeah and then the chapter with carlisle they're right after one another and they're both take place in the same scene so they're both in yeah. the cullen house one's in carlisle's office and then one's kind of downstairs and then but see that but that chapter on carlisle there's like a couple pages of giving us a little bit of lore and history and cool little like oh these people are so old you know look at how old he's been around look at how old this painting is and then it just kind of devolves into Edward playing the piano <laughs> for Bella yeah. and Bella being kind of swooned by it and then them not yeah. fucking. But uh, then we get the first kiss after that. But that the whole Carlisle chapter, I was just like, man, this was such a missed opportunity that like you could have really driven this home, given us a little bit of history about the werewolves in the area. And I get if you're writing a big series like this, she probably wasn't aware of the fact that she was going to have this werewolf battle by the time she finished this book, right? You know, as of somebody who's a writer, trying to be a writer at least. Like, yeah. you know, I'm sure you don't know that's going to happen by the, you know, that you're going to go this direction while you're finishing these, you know, series of four very lengthy books. You know, she probably didn't even know there were going to be four books at this point when she finished this one. So you can, you know, just to be fair about it, but goddamn, like you could have done something that like, you could have set up this 
some way. Like, I just thought it was a missed opportunity. And again, just to like a show in that, yeah, she's an amateur. There's a reason that she didn't publish anything before this. And again, hasn't really published anything since. No, the first time they kiss is on page 282. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn it. So I missed that. And then they just sort of don't stop kissing. And that's, of course, naturally very exciting for for the reader. But by this point, it's like you get that and then you're like, okay, well, that's that. We don't even get them kissing, though. I guess that's why I missed it. Um, he hesitates for a long time. And then uh, his cold marble lips pressed very softly against mine. What neither of us was prepared for was my response. Blood boiled under my skin, burned my lips. My breath came in a wild gasp. My fingers nodded in his hair, clutching him to me. Okay, so that came 50 pages before. Yeah. Yeah, so they've made out, but he was like, what? I can't. I'm dangerous. All right, and then let's get to this stupid-ass baseball game. Okay, Ugh. yeah, that's a big deal moment. Uh, Vampire baseball, the thing that makes it all happen. Oh, my God, dude. I was I was watching the movie last night, and when this scene started, I was just like, oh, man, this scene was... It was... It was. It gay. has to be bad to see. <laughs> it has to be bad to see because the way it's explained is like they're vampires, but they move super fast. So like you can barely see them, and they're playing baseball. Like. Yeah, I was like, this scene was super gay in the book. There's also just no way for that to like. I can't imagine a scenario in which that looks really cool. Yeah, and it was unless you're having a bunch of games happening at once. And it was very gay in the movie. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, uh, I was trying to think of a better word, dude, but that really kind of sums it's it up. It's like, ah, uh, this whole family, like, they just, like, go out and play yeah. baseball. It was, it was the like, oh, this is so Mormon. <laughs> so, like, we're just, we're vegetarian They do it with this one, this one, you know, they don't do it all the time, but they do it this one time when this human's here. That and, and. The reason I forgave it a little bit is because that's the first time we get that real sense of something's at stake. And the movie does this better. So the movie puts these kind of strange killings happening around the town of Forks throughout. Yeah, that's better. Right. And then you meet the vampires that are doing it at the baseball scene, which is the same thing that happens in the book, except you don't get those killings throughout. Yeah, you don't get stories of killings. And it makes her father a more significant character, too, because Bella's father's the chief of police in this small town. So then he's telling her, like, hey, there's a strange animal, like, attacking people going around the town. Be safe. He keeps saying that. Like, it makes him less of an empty shell, too kind of thing yeah he's just kind of this you know struggling single dad trying to take care of his teenage daughter but not really knowing how but he obviously loves her and cares for her but doesn't know how to do it kind of thing and like it just makes him a more significant player in the movie and that's what i mean so when you get a real writer uh, i wrote down who wrote the movie sorry um melissa rosenberg wrote the uh, screenplay adaptation for the movie and yeah she probably saw right away like okay we need to have a, a central pull through here like we need to have something that pulls through from the beginning to yeah. the end 
and it works much better that way when you set so it up it's like not that. the first hour is them talking and then the last <laughs> half hour is things happening is, is is this new the villain is finally introduced in the last hundred pages uh yeah it's like the last yeah well, that's what i mean the villain is finally introduced in the in the game chapter and, and i that's... get annoyed after this i get annoyed after this moment but also can we say that this is also like the some of the first conversation like conversations of substance that bella has with you know edward's family and one of the things that happens is like his you know sort of vampire mommy like walks up to bella because they're both you know just watching the game they're not playing and Esme's like you know i killed myself because i lost my child (laughs) that's why i killed myself (laughs) I jumped and that's off basically a cliff. Their yeah. My baby died, you know. <laughs> like that's just So I jumped off a cliff. You're the empire, honey. Yeah. Call that ball and strike. By the way, I killed myself. <laughs> it's like, oh man. I killed myself and then Carlisle wouldn't let me die. <laughs> yeah. Took it upon himself to make me live forever with that pain of my dead child. <laughs> Yeah, that is funny. I didn't think of it at the time, but when you brought that up, I, I was mean, like, it was yeah. so insane. It was just like you you meet your boyfriend's mother, and she's like, I had a baby once. That baby died, and then I killed myself. And now I live forever. <laughs> or you would like, and then I tried to kill myself. Like, you would freak the fuck yeah. out. Oh, nice to meet you. You'd be very uncomfortable for the entire <laughs> remainder. <laughs> And you, how would you bring that up? The thing is, like, Bella already knows this, but she doesn't know that, like, she hears that, you know, Esme, She's which French is a terrible too, right? She's supposed to be French, right? She That's speaks not a little. Clear it's me. not clear at all, but in the movie, they have her speak some French and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, ah, uh, yeah, they make her. So, so she, she's supposed to be super old. Falls from a cliff. Yeah. And yeah. Of course, when that happens, you're instantly like, yeah, okay. Right. She fell. Yeah, but that was the first instance where I was like, okay, we finally have something at stake. But the problem is there's only a hundred pages left in the novel. So like, you know, this is the first time we get that Obella's in serious danger to the point where like everybody's in danger now. Not because of Edward, kind of because of Edward, but not directly because of Edward. Because Edward stepped in front of her and bared his teeth to this other vampire that wanted her. Uh yeah, which do, like it's clearly like is not something that would have made a difference, and also the only way that we should care if Edward is dangerous is because he might rip her throat out. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, while they're while they're fucking. Yeah, just take that's a bite and rip. Yeah. Yeah. So those three vampires show up. One of them is like really into the hunting challenge. So when Edward defended Bella, he was like, I got to get that. And then they come up with some urgent, elaborate plan to get out of Forks and like confuse and ultimately kill this other vampire. The whole family's involved whole family everyone is like we're gonna protect this bitch we've been living for hundreds of years this way but we're gonna fly across the country and we're gonna do a whole runaround here and that's just like whatever you know okay fine carlisle 
<laughs> then the unforgivable thing happens. What's the unforgivable? So we get all the drama where she's like, they're running from this vampire. Bella sneaks away because she, she, the vampire calls her and is like, I have your mom. And she believes that and she goes. And we get basically Bella getting fucked up by this vampire. He's just sort of beating her up. Not in any way that feels particularly graphic, even by a teen standards. In fact, where does that happen? Yeah, it happens when they're like, and he has that camera. So there, I think there is something kind of sexual about it. Like that kind of, he has this young girl and he's kind of torturing her and filming it and loving it kind of thing. That's kind of sadistic side of sexuality that I guess is hinted at there, but not explicitly expressed because again, this is like a kid's book, right? No, I croaked. No, Edward, don't. And then something smashed into my face, throwing me back into the broken mirrors over the pain of my leg. I felt the sharp rip across my scalp where the glass cut into it. And then the warm wetness began to spread through my hair with alarming speed. I could feel it soaking the the shoulder of my shirt, hear it dripping on the wood below. The smell of it twisted my stomach. So, like, he's beating her up. She's, like, about to pass out. But she, for some reason, she has a hopeful moment. And we sort of get the sense that, like, she's about to be rescued. We get to the next chapter. And she's just being saved. And it's not like she's watching, you know, Edward and this vampire duke it out. She's just, they're running toward her. Oh, no, Bella, no. (laughs) That's what Edward says. Oh, no, Bella, no. She keeps referring to him as an angel because she's, like, dying. Stephanie Meyer's a Mormon, so. And uh, bad, bad vampires know where to be seen. Yeah. Bad guy's gone. Dude, he's I... just beating her up and then like for two seconds he's beating her up he like talks at her for a while then he hits her a couple of times and then that's over and then we're just like she's being saved now and I'm like wait hold on I can't even I don't get to see vampires rip up this other vampire Yeah, that's the moment that I don't forgive in this book well, honestly, dude, when you think about that scene, that entire scene is just like a long, drawn-out hundred pages. Like, if these vampires could so... If these seven verse three could easily overpower yeah. this guy, why didn't they do it right there in that field? Like, Yeah, and... Why it did just, they make this it this This guy elaborate... feels like he could have been, like, some kind of weird, like, serial killer vampire type. <laughs> like, where they could have been, like, setting something up. Well, that's what I mean. So there is this kind of like... So like, at least there would be more weight to what's happening with all of those, you know, pages that we read where they're in high school. And she's like building friendships with people that we don't care about. So at least like their classmate would die or something. Like, you know, something that would hold a little more. Well, we've talked about this in other books, more literary books, where you talked about suppression, like the kind of suppressed events in a lot of literary novels this is suppressed in in not like a technical kind of technique way it's it's suppressed in a bad way like we want to see the event like oh we don't want to watch this person (coughs) die so we'll just not write that part in 
And this is where I think the Mormon and it's thing just matters. like what yeah. the fuck? Like the whole point is that like you're so fucking dangerous. We're supposed to like believe from him being able to like run quickly and pick her up, you know, <laughs> like that he's like super dangerous and he growls, you know. But like until I feel like as a reader, until I actually like see him harm something, I'm gonna have a hard time with it. Yeah, I think that's where like the Mormon distinction becomes more important because <laughs> yeah. because like the fact that she's a Mormon, so we can't have premarital sex, we can't have it could just be really lame violence we can't ha- have you know and i say that as a fan i say yeah. it as a fan love this book <laughs> yeah. hate it really enjoyed it i stopped taking notes after that and i was just my final note i was, just well... kept writing where i saw sex happening and where i saw really optimal moments to like substitute boner quivering <laughs> but... member yeah there's also just like yeah there's all this shit i mean there's like you know a lot of people i think would criticize it for the same reason that any i think adult would criticize it with like a female character who always needs to be saved who's like clumsy and like she smells like flowers and she likes the bad boy and who (laughs) doesn't seem bad at all he's just like the hottest guy at school (laughs) that's all it is yeah he actually seems like a really nice guy (laughs) he's like a really nice guy who is only emotionally available to her. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have many notes out of it, but I have a couple questions. And we talked about this a little bit. But my question is, where does the tension exist in this novel? Like, we relationship, violence, you know, where would we say that the main tension exists? I know we talked a little bit about it, but... Oh, it's just, uh, one, when will they kiss? Yeah, that's one of the, probably the main tension. Two, <laughs> how long are they going to like each other this time before they like get into a stupid argument? And then he goes, Bella, I'm dangerous, but hey, I love you. I'll stay with you. That, yeah. of course, becomes a cycle and we get very used to it. And then, of course, Bella being coveted by all creatures that are fantastical and want to kill her, but also bang her. But also just regular dudes. She's also, like, really popular at school, yeah. but supposedly, like, a loner. Right, but I like, mean, like, that's... To seem like, if I'm trying like to pinpoint... Loner, but, like, she's, like, oh, she's not just, like, a popular girl. You know, she's different. She's the hottest girl at school, but she's different. Yeah. And I just mean, like, if I'm trying to pinpoint, like, where I would call the kind of, you know, tension, drama, whatever you want to call it, the thing that's required of most most stories for us to be interested in them. And I guess you're right. Like, most of it is, okay, will they kiss and will they be together? Will they stay together? Yeah. Because it is like, like, abandon her. The thing that my mind goes to is the violence so she's in danger is where my you know kind of brain was like okay this is where the tension is but i think you're right because it's so just a hundred pages of tension and when a 500 page book of like the violence she's gonna die his character makes all of the choices (laughs) for this plot like she doesn't it doesn't feel like she's a character with real agency she's sort of just like except for like i mean she decides to go sneak away to try to save her mom which is like i guess one moment where she's like but even in that moment she's like well i'm resigned to dying now because i know it's gonna happen because i'm gonna die 
I'm going to go meet the vampire and I'm going to probably die. Yeah. And she's just like very, yeah, it's very like, I'm just going to sacrifice myself and probably not even succeed in saving my mom. So why am I going? But throughout the whole thing, it's like, will like, you know, things only happen because Edward shows up that day and like insists that something like she doesn't actually make anything happen. Right. That leads me into my next question, but yeah, I would agree that like, and that's what I think is one of the big weaknesses is that since the main tension is just about whether or not they're going to kiss or be either, you know, be boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. And I would say also, it's fine that she like, isn't the primary, like she's not the thing that moves, you know, make something happen. Like things can happen to you and that can still be a good book. It's just, well, there are endless debates about that. Yeah, if you have a passive main character, is the book less interesting? Usually. Not passive, just like it can be like the primary tension could be like some external force. Like, right. you know, it could be like something going on in nature. It could be like some, it could be like war. But and yeah. This makes all their choices based on that. But It just wasn't enough for me. And I think that was one of the main reasons I got so bored and frustrated reading this. And I mean, I'm not the target audience, like rapidly approaching middle-aged white male uh i'm i don't know if i'm the target audience for this but it's like that leads me to my next question is bella a stereotype of like the kind of fragile female i mean in a lot of ways yes like i think it i think that's probably a lot of heat that this book probably got early on uh, it was kind of before a time where people were beating you up over things like that, so it might it probably gets that now, <laughs> but yeah, it maybe it, didn't I mean, in two thousand six. Still had yeah. something of a reputation for it. Yeah, um, and it is. I mean, it is like. I think it could have done it, but I, like I, I hate saying this because it sounds shitty. I feel like it could have done a better job of presenting that in a way that felt a little less scattered. Like, it didn't feel like there were so many things about this character that just felt like sort of random cliches about being a teenage girl. Yeah. And that's fine. And since most but teenagers. So many of them were like, it was hard to picture like who she is at school, right? Because she's like different from other girls. She's like you know described as like pale obviously she's beautiful because like people look at her and like we don't really understand (laughs) the politics of her social circle and where that sits in the hierarchy because there is always a hierarchy so she's like different she's always being rescued when she's with edward she's like really awkward and like sometimes pouty or sometimes just sort of girlish which is also fine like she's a teenager she doesn't fucking know what she's doing it just didn't all tie in easily to me one like believable single character yeah she felt like a different person in different moments for me um i mean and i didn't feel that way when i was reading it when i was you know 17 for me yeah bella was a frustrating I, I just picked the things that like fit for me you know i think that's the point i think you're like just supposed to be able to relate to her as a character 
And maybe it is because, yeah, it's like a teenage girl. It's going to be difficult for me to relate to a teenage girl. But it's still like, you know, not that I couldn't do it because yeah, there are it's, plenty it's of books that have forced... on any of yeah. those things. Even when she's right. like, oh, and we talked about books, endless books. But yeah. then the only references to books we get are like Jane Austen. Like, I don't even fucking want to read Jane Austen. Yeah. I didn't then either. That's why I was reading Twilight. That and it is, I mean, there is that kind of there's that little kind of stereotype and this is where it's maybe it's a little inconsistent when we talked about Bella's character being inconsistent. Well, it's like, because they want her to be this kind of bookworm stereotype, right? Like the nerdy girl that reads Jane Austen in high school and like goes to bookstores while her friends go to dress shops, like this kind of thing. Right. Uh, but also like she's dumb as shit. Like <laughs> she's kind of just like a dumb dumbass bitch like with this like uh... i don't even i wouldn't even describe her as a dumbass bitch it's just like she lacks sufficient depth to yeah. be real like she's not complex enough to be somebody who is not actually the super bookish girl but like wants to be seen that way and like it's not is... written as the like this is who i am versus this is who i want to be and like want to put out there which is i think maybe a distinction from the sort of smattering of characteristics we get that. And I think it's, you know, we forget that like most teenagers are stereotypes or cliches, right? Like they're so or trying young. To yeah. Or they just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that there is this level of being a teen and you're kind of cliche and you don't really know what's original or what isn't. You're just kind of copying what you see what you're supposed to, what you think you're supposed to be doing. So maybe that is... You don't know like, how cringy you are yet. Yeah, or how confused, yeah. whatever, all that kind of stuff. So there is that level of, you know, most teens, even though we like to think of ourselves that we weren't. I mean, we were huge cliches, right? I already talked about me being the kind of cliche as a teenager that was saying, fuck Twilight, because that's what little, you know, I'm too cool for it type thing. Would definitely be a stereotype of a, a teen boy at that time, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So it's not very well written. It's pretty effective. <laughs> this, and I have another question here before I, yeah. uh, my other yeah. things is the questions after this, I just have questions about like the movie or if you want to talk about the movie, there was like, all right, so this is a sexless romance novel, mainly because Stephanie Meyer's a Mormon. So, all right, that, but, like, does being sexless hurt this novel? No, I think for a romance series, it's saving it for later. Okay. Do they have sex later in the series? And also, it's declared at some point during this book that they're virgins. <laughs> Edward is? They both are. Yeah, Edward's been a virgin for 90 years. Yeah, okay. Edward's been a virgin for 90 years. Yeah. Which I guess maybe I, assume, I should. I assume <clears throat> vampires masturbate. That's an interesting thing. I didn't write this down, but I, you just made me think about it. Yeah. Okay. So how Edward's portrayed in here might be the most unrealistic. And I get he's a vampire or whatever, right? So it doesn't need to be realistic, but it is kind of like maybe he's like the kind of artificial fantasy. They of, both. Yeah, he is. Of, like they both are, except one is a like, guy who's it, immortal and is deadly attractive to all women who see him takes their breath away is just a virgin for 90 years yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's a, that's a like, fantasy yeah like that's every girl's fantasy that's a girl's fantasy a yeah, that's a, boy. yeah <laughs> right that's a mormon girl's <laughs> fantasy yeah 
that is uh a virgin boy who's also a monster yeah he can throw me around in bed but he doesn't know it yet <laughs> he just doesn't know how <laughs> yeah so that's interesting maybe edward is more of like the the kind of, of course non-existent I mean, the, the, the yeah, I mean, he's just a stand-in for, like, any, like, super hot guy crush. And, and it doesn't even have to be the super hot guy. It's just, like, you could totally... Like, they're all just... But, like, we get no real sense of their, like, inner world in any impactful way. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, it's not even like we needed kind of typical romance, like, dirty you know quivering member descriptions or anything like that well it's not like wherever we never get shit from edward's perspective not that you have to right um it is all never... told from bella's perspective for the most part yeah yeah and we <laughs> we don't know what's happening apart from what what bella knows so i guess she's the narrator and the uh and she yeah is just sort of it's, it's not like she has interesting ideas about what's happening you know that's what i mean yeah she doesn't seem she would aside from like not wanting to go to a dance because that's a cool trait yeah screw prom yeah very cool and being like depressed and pale like, there's nothing about her that's like, she is interesting, <laughs> you know? Yeah. She's but smart she's not as shit. Like other girls. Yeah. Edward can't read her mind, so she's not like other girls. And all the, girl- and all the guys like her. Yeah. That's what I mean. I guess, uh, not that it, I mean, I guess it wouldn't have really improved this novel. We've already pointed out so many of the kind of structural flaws in the in, in things, but... And she's, I guess, an, sort of unreliable, too, because I think all of that's supposed to build up this idea that, like, you know, she doesn't see herself clearly, right. you know, like the big line that I feel like they probably, I think they put in the movie. You yeah. don't see yourself very clearly, do you? And I guess you just, we're never going to get that kind of stuff. And like, not that it needs it, but. It's all just, like, it's all just teenager fantasy. Yeah, that's what I mean. And because... that's what this book thrives on and it'll like that's why it did thrive like and yeah you can like have these characters that don't have sex for a while because you're like selling it to 15 and 16 year olds who like i guess at least when i was in high school or maybe like not everyone's fucking (laughs) it's not just like assumed that everyone's fucking well, because people aren't, even though I guess that's the time when people so, are like, ripe to lie about it. So, like, build up to them being, like, you know, they're not of age yet, or she's not. Well, they're unmarried, so the Mormon church would not I, <laughs> condone. But the... I mean, dude, even kissing before marriage would be risque. In the... Next book does start with her 18th birthday. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like I said, we don't need to have these kind of graphic Fifty Shades of Grey style um, scenes for this book. And I don't think that's, like, what would have made me read it. That's not why I read it. Like, that's what I mean. I don't think sex would have made this more successful for its target audience. I think it's, like... Good editor would have. Me, 
like awkward and low self-esteem had some fantasy of being cool but like could never quite reach it and i guess if you did put any more sex to be told that like you're you're important and special (laughs) and i guess if you did put any more sex into this you would be like um you're pretty and you're smart i'll never leave you well it would be like book it would be an adult romance novel I feel like we have to do an adult romance novel, though. What were you saying? I just like you know, if they would put more sex in there, then it would just yeah, it would be, be it would be marketed to a different audience who right. would know. It would that, be like, like a Danielle Steele book, yeah. It would and be... then you'd be like, "Wow, this two hundred pages of talking is really wearing me the fuck out." And then I just have like movie shit. I guess you didn't even watch the movie. No, but talk, talk, talk movie to me. I want to know. Well, I would say that overall the movie was better than the novel, uh, just because they had a competent writer write the script, I would imagine. But Yeah, I feel like I have to watch it tonight and, and find out. As we kind of went through, you know, because we went through pointing out how the novel is flawed, and not just in terms of it being a young adult novel, but how it's flawed in terms of the writer's skill, in terms of the plotting, how events unfold kind of, you know, very shakily and don't really make sense as much as you would think type stuff. But yeah, there's a lot of voiceover use, which is usually a sign of a weak movie, but whatever, you know, for doing a novel adaptation, sometimes that's a good way to fix for things when you need to get a lot of information to them without showing them. The problem with that here is that I'm assuming the voiceover is Bella. Yeah, it's Bella, and Kristen Stewart reads it. Yeah. I mean, the the biggest problem with that is that her character is not interesting. But the fact that it's shoved into an hour and 15, hour and 30, I would assume, makes it maybe easier. Just, just over two hours, I think, is Oof. the movie. Which, well, when you have big novel adaptations, they usually hit the two, three hour mark yeah. if you're including enough. But yeah, uh, it's funny. I just watched the, uh, I took my wife to see the latest Fantastic Beast because again, my wife and I are millennials. So we're huge Harry Potter stands and, uh, yeah. yeah. And I noticed that too, is because Rowling writes all those scripts, right? She's the sole writer for all those projects. She writes them like novels. And that's the problem with a lot of the Fantastic Beast movies is that they're written as if they were novels. So like there's an ending and then there's 20 minutes of like, what you would see in the ending chapter of a novel, particularly a JK Rowling novel. So the kind of like happy ending, everything's kind of explained. And then we see this scene that we don't really need, but you could have it in a novel, but in a movie, you know, anyway, there's like, you know, and there's just almost too much going on over complicated, which you can get away with in a novel. You can't get away with in a movie. So I say things like that. So whatever, you know, like I said, I wrote down who I keep forgetting who wrote Melissa Rosenberg wrote this script. So she clearly knew what she was doing in terms of adapting a novel. She made sure she made a fuckload of money off of writing the script. But the thing the movie does better, they introduce Billy and Jacob right away. Like they right away, they're showing up to Bella's house and being introduced and like talking. And she's like, oh, hi, Jacob. I remember you, blah, blah, blah. From when I was a kid, like that happens right away and that's so much better so much more efficient (laughs) like that we know that jacob built the truck for her that he kind of has a crush on her because she's the prettiest girl in town all that kind of stuff and then i just noticed like some of like bella's emo outfits like Kristen stewart in these kind of 2008 era emo flannel and like 
I bet the jeans are really fucking bad. The jeans aren't so bad, although they do have those kind of decorated. They do have those. That and they do have those kind of like decorated pockets. They flared jeans. Uh, they're not flared, but they're kind of like those bedazzled pockets that were big. That's very bad, but if right they're not before flared, they're not so bad. it was like right before the Ed Hardy era. That... But at one point, she was wearing like a like right when skinny jeans were hot. Mm, yeah, they were pretty tight. All the jeans. It was yeah. like when we were getting to skinny jeans, but it's like uh, they had at one point they had her wearing like this like baggy bowling shirt like kind of thing over her. And I was just like, oof, that's so 2008 emo. But, like, <laughs> I get it. Like, it was very hip at the time to, like, be a hot girl. And then, uh... You gotta scroll through this. What is it? What did you send me? This is apparently what Stephanie Meyers' dream cast would have been. What did for she the say? Movie. I mean, the choice for Bella would have been really bad. What did she say? Who... Some bitch I don't know. What's the uh, name? Emily Browning. Yeah, I don't know that either. Here, I'll show you. But it's definitely like, I mean, it was ba- it's a bad choice. Ugh. Yeah, it is a bad choice. I is mean, it... that this is much better. Yeah. God, Kristen Stewart is so much hotter than that other girl. Like, that's the shirt. That's the green bowling shirt that the picture you just showed me. Yeah, yeah. Of like Bella wearing this weird like dad bowling shirt over her like thermal. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, this is bringing me back to high school, dude. Real hard. They and then the movie. The other thing the movie did good, like really well, was they cut out the stupid kind of bullshit, inconsistent Bella's a homemaker mother figure. Uh, they cut that out, and they just have her She's, and her like, dad you know yeah like save her dad from loneliness right or save her dad from like a lack of a female in his life or whatever um uh and then i already talked about the added vampire attacks those are fucking great uh makes the dad more involved as chief of police instead of just being this kind of empty shell that he is in the book yeah that would have been great that would have been really good in the book and he is he's just like an empty shell in the books like he's just like oh bella honey you okay oh i don't know uh and then he just kind of appears and disappears as needed. Yeah. Uh, everything happens Solely a lot as faster. Like a father figure and not as a cop in any way. Like they don't really make much use of that yeah. at all. And they make it easier to understand too. So like everything starts moving a lot faster because it's a movie and they need to smash it down. But like the, I always said when we were reading this, I was like, look, that, that the, the book actually starts in chapter three when she, when Edward saves her from being hit by that car and then we get to see yep. this scene where it's like, okay, something's unusual about this guy. Like, that should have been in the very first chapter, but of course it wasn't in the book. But they move that to be like kind of the first day of school in the movie, which it should have been in the novel too. But of course, you know, they had a bad editor and a bad writer. They definitely didn't need to spend as long making us aware that he was avoiding her. Like, and yeah, I don't think that needed multiple... I don't think that needed like a whole chapter. And they make it a little bit more obvious that Edward's very into her. Like, like when they tell us in the book that he's been in her room for the last couple months or whatever, right. like, like she, the way they do that visually, it's easier to do that visually anyway, yeah. but like they just kind of flash to him standing there and then he disappears and she's like, wait a minute. Did I just see him? Did I dream him? That works better than it did in the book. 
they cut out the superfluous dance in the in the movie, so it's just one dance, the prom, not these two dances that aren't related yeah. to each other at all and don't matter at Dude. all. Like the prom was not a thing. Like the prom wasn't a thing until the epilogue. Like they just don't mention the prom. Like the prom is mentioned. We also by a couple didn't people. need the epilogue. Yeah, we didn't need the epilogue. It could have just been the last chapter. But you know, again, these type of young adult fantasy books, they like to do that. That's the formula, right? The epilogue is the formula. The last chapter is always called an epilogue, and whether it does anything or not. That's where we introduce Jacob as like he's grown. He's still kind of awkward, but he's tall now. <laughs> Yeah. He's a tall boy now. Uh, another, speaking of terrible lines, they do have a lot of lines that are like in the book that come back when they're talking to each other. The yeah. line that I couldn't stand in the book and they put this in the movie. You're my own personal brand of heroin. Oh God, yeah. It is such a bad line. It is such a bad line and it's in the novel. They put it in the movie. Well, and, and it bet... was her line in the book. You said it like it was his line. It was his line in the movie. Yeah. In the book, it's like, okay. so you're saying I'm like, heroin. you're a brand of heroin. <laughs> Which also, yeah, it's just weird. Like, her voice just didn't, it didn't, it didn't feel like, it just felt a little underdeveloped as a person. But, like, again, it yeah. didn't matter to me at all. It's like when I was, you know in the target audience but it's not like it, it it is not you know great my own personal brand of heroin my own personal brand like that's a thing too like you don't even think about it as you're reading it like you're just like flying through to see if they're gonna make out what happens yeah does he like her <laughs> That was like, you know, one of the many cheesy lines, but I was like, ooh, I guess, you know, when you think there about it. There were a it, lot of really cheesy lines. When you think about it, it does fit the period a little bit. Yeah. The heroin chic, we were just kind of after that part in the early 2000s, you know, like the kind of Kate Moss modeling and shit like that, right? Like the heroin chic look. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The kind of like super way too thin. Yeah. Very sloppily applied, too much eye yep. makeup, and then like oh, very... Yeah very flowy kind of satiny black dresses and all that. Like yeah, that so was you, so everybody hot. just looks like a drug addict. So like walking around <laughs> the heroin chic. Uh, but yeah, I was like, all they right. didn't say in the movie, it makes me anxious to be away from you. Mm, I couldn't remember that exact line because I don't remember that one. You know, that one's bad, but it's not as cheesy. Uh, but the thing I noticed about the movie was dude in the first 36 minutes, They've crammed like almost the first 300 pages into the movie. Like that's what I mean. Like yeah, the first 300 yeah. of the pages of the novel are almost completely irrelevant, apart from a few character building things. Like, so I was like, yeah. So like Melissa Rosenberg, you know, got this like assignment or job to you know adapt this script. And at the time, the novel was big, but it hadn't become the phenomenon that it was yet. Like supposedly, from what I looked up, the movie was uh, like held up in like production for three years until the harry potter movies started rolling out and then like the adult the young adult fantasy market started to blow up right and we just started making all of the trilogies of like young adult shit so like there was that <clears throat> and i was just like yeah like this is just so 
it just shows how much filler is in the novel, right? Yeah, well, I mean, for all the time we spend with Bella at school, very little happens there. Yeah. That's why I think it would have been... Like, yeah, it would have been so much better if there was more... I don't know. Like, I do think it could have been interesting to give us Edward's perspective. And for a minute, I thought they were going to cut out the baseball part (laughs) in the movie. And I was kind of hoping that they would change that. Because, like, the way they set up, you know, the evil vampires chasing down people and killing them... They set that up very early in the movie, as we already mentioned, and it's like, okay, you have a couple killings happening around town. Everyone's like, oh, it's a strange animal. We don't know. But, like, Edward and his family know it's a vampire. We didn't have to have this terrible baseball scene. Like, you know, I want to see how many shots they had in the movie of Alice on the pitcher's mound doing an exaggerated, like, pitcher's movement. Yeah. And, like, I, we saw that same fucking clip, like, cut back to, like, ten times in that scene. And then this had like these stupid kind of, I also think it's, it's hard to show on camera, but I true blood did this too, where it was always bad where they showed like the vampire speed. Yeah. It's hard to show that without looking terrible. Yeah. It's a little cartoony. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And it's just so bad. Like I said, it was terrible in the book. It was terrible in the movie fucking gay as shit dude like it was bad yeah i it was the stuff that was the hard the hardest for me to get through in the book i imagine would be minimized sort of in the movie or at least maybe seem less bad visually than it does in writing like every time he's sort of white knighting her yeah, well, at one point in the movie, like when they have that like kind of hundred pages of talking at various different places after he saves her from being kind of attacked by those men in Port Angeles, yeah, uh, they kind of speed that up to fifteen seconds, where it's just like a montage of them changing positions in the room, talking, and you kind of <laughs> that's great. But it works better in the movie because it's like, yeah, you know, when you're first dating someone, you will stay up all night and talk to them type thing if you like each other. That that's a thing that happens, especially amongst teens. We don't need to see that entire conversation okay. for a hundred pages. Definitely. So you can do that in fifteen seconds with a little bit of like montage of them talking all night and you see the sun rising up in the background. Okay, that's enough. Yeah, unfortunately and... the problem with that in the book is that more would have had to have happened. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I mean. It's filler. There would still need to be more book. Yeah. But that, and that's when I started thinking, I was watching that. I was like, yeah, Kristen Stewart, I think the casting was pretty good for that movie. The vampire family, I thought could have been cast a little better, but they also like are all shells of characters apart from Alice. Stephanie Meyer wanted John C. Riley to play Charlie Swan, Bella's dad. Eh, that would have worked out. He could have done all right. Again, that's not much of a character, so yeah. it would kind of be a waste of John yeah, C. Riley. Yeah, it would be a but, waste. Yeah. But I bet if he was looking for a payday, that movie made a lot of money, so he could have taken it if he wanted. Yeah. Also, just so much of this movie happens exclusively through, like, Bella and Edward. And yeah, I mean, the whole thing does, yeah. So it's very limited. It feels very limited in scope. Yeah. It is. Like there's no other story happening except for them liking each other. Yeah, it is. And that's I get and I guess that's why we liked it. 
Makes sense. I didn't like it. I liked the movie way better. And it's not I mean, like I didn't like, even love the movie. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. why 17 year olds liked it. And so my last question was movie or book better. My opinion, the movie's better, but I you have to rewatch the movie. Yeah. I would have to read. We'll revisit that it. when we do the next the the second book in the series. <laughs> but I I would imagine that if I was like watching the movie coming off of having just read it, I would be like, oh, that happened so fast. <laughs> like mm. you know, it would be it would feel too short, or it would feel like they cut out all of this. It would feel it's... like they cut out most of the book, which I guess they do. They do but again most of the book can be cut out like exactly yeah the pacing is much better in the movie like you it's it moves you know a good as a good movie should because it's a different format you know you want to have that pacing much more important but like it's paced much better because like i said melissa rosenberg cuts out all the fat like she should have for writing an adaptation like this and she did a great job with it i think as good as you could get with that kind of hollow shell of a fat 500 page book I mean, as a writer, what are you going to do with that? You could kind of only improve it if you do it right, if you know how yeah. to adapt the novel. So, But no one was actually reading this for action. They were reading it for, like, flirtation. Well, that's the difference. Romance story. Yeah, like the male-female interpretation, whereas, like, yeah, well, like, that's not enough for me <laughs> when I'm reading a book. Although that's not always true, right? Because I love Edith Wharton and her stuff isn't so much action filled as it is. Yeah, but her characters have depth. Yeah, that's what I mean. So like, it's not so much just I need action. It's it's it, I need more than what I was given in this book, period. I guess I say action, but yeah. Interesting shit, man. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they did this. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it's again, like... <laughs> There were so many cringe moments, but it was so, like, I cannot deny how easy it was for me to read and fly through it. And be yeah. like, yeah. There and are can... moments that I was, like, distinguishing between, like, what was bad hot in the book and what was good hot. It did also add an extra element of fun for me to be looking for places where I could insert the word dick. <laughs> <laughs> so it was also like an activity yeah a little a little mad libs dude yeah i remember in like elementary school and shit like when we had like library days some days like we would just do like mad libs or something oh yeah and it, that was just like a thing we did in elementary school in the library a lot of mad libs in elementary but i mean school. and i mean like the teachers would like yeah <laughs> would like walk us through it yeah I'm like, oh this is library day oh yeah <laughs> I don't think we did that on library days, but it was an activity we did. Yeah. Fun facts about the movie. I guess the the movie was only made for like $37 million, which is, um, I guess, a large budget in today's standards. But back then it was more moderate. And it made like over $407 million Jesus. at the box office gross. So that's what I mean. So I know Melissa Rosenberg. I bet, you know, Kristen Stewart, Robert Pattinson. Like these guys were all set up uh, for life how after. How many poor boys were dragged to this movie? I bet quite a few, dude. Men will do almost anything to get the woman to uh, touch their dick, as you said. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. They'll do whatever it takes, dude. Sit I didn't have that perspective as a 17 year old right it's funny I remember when I was like in college some guy had like this shelf full of like um 
and we were, you know, it was stupid. We were drinking or whatever uh, in college, and I was in this guy's room, and like, I had just met him. I was staying at his house because like my buddy knew him or whatever, and we were traveling to New Orleans at the time, and I was like, all right, we're staying at this guy's house in Baton Rouge. He had a whole shelf full of like Nicholas Sparks books. And, you know, I was like 20, 21 at the time. So I immediately went to the dumb reaction of like, huh, you're reading these books? Like, huh, what a loser. And then he was just looked at me and was like, hey, man, you know, you do what you got to do for oral. And I just started laughing like, <laughs> like, yeah, dude, like his girlfriend has made him read all these books for like a, a blowjob payment. Damn. A, a down payment or whatever. Uh, That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. It's intense. I mean, it's intense, but it's not even, dude. It's just, that's normal, right? Like, isn't that, like... That's what's interesting, too, right? Like, because this is touching on something where it's like, okay, confused adolescents, confused teens. But it's at that point where women especially, right, like, start understanding the kind of power they have over men. And that can go a couple different ways, right? Like that can go like um, horribly destructive if you use that in a certain way because you don't understand like the longer term things. Or it could go like the other way where you're almost too passive and like don't afraid to use it type thing. Yeah. Is that making sense? Yeah. Like the kind of like men will bend to my will <laughs> if I like offer sex or some type of sex appeal but also if you do that too much it's going to backfire type thing like it's not... right but not like i don't think all women feel that and i definitely don't think all women feel that at 17 what so i mean you're just starting to kind of get the idea you, you have the idea of it and you hope well like that it works right yeah but without any promise we're like because we're like you have no idea what sexy is or that... at least if you're awkward you have no idea what sexy is well... or how to like make yourself look presentable yeah or like you you know or you're like titless or whatever right. that's fine totally or you just cool got them or your tits just came in I and you don't know what to do and you're fine. yeah <laughs> and all of a sudden all the boys are talking to you every day and being nice to you and you don't understand why like bella like or <laughs> you're ugly and they're not yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah there's right? that. so yeah. there's also that yeah there's that it doesn't usually it doesn't always work for those people at 17 right but that's why i found interesting when you kept saying the like yeah this could be like this is sex this is a reference to sex and i just kept thinking about that all week like yeah what makes one person he brain... raised his hand hesitant conflict raging in his boner and then <laughs> swiftly brushed the length of my cheekbone with his fingertips with the head of it yeah crushed the length of my cheekbone with his, with the shaft <laughs> as he was slapping it against yeah as he slapped it against my face no it was uh but yeah like what makes people associate that because i was not associating with that it's just yeah, like the different I triggers any time they were having like an intimate moment it was so it felt maybe it was because like it reading it again it as like an adult with more perspective <laughs> it seemed so manufactured that it's really it felt really hard for me not to because if i put myself into that character's position now i cringe right like ugh. 
And that's just maturity, right? Like I mean, we do that every time we look back, kind of on our teenage selves or a depiction of that. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I like mm-hmm. I imagine discomfort. I think that's it, dude. I mean, I have nothing else to say of this boring fucking book that was. I think I'm just saying I don't fully know why I felt the need to write boner and dick in there, but in those intimate moments, I did. There's. <laughs> You can't you can't write the word stroke in an intimate moment. Stroke his blank. You think what? Not like cheek. <laughs> right. It's like family feud, right? When they give you like this like blanks and somebody says something crazy or like and like Steve Harvey makes that face. Yeah. With the big eyes, he'll be like exactly. and like look at the camera. <laughs> I will say that is one of the best things Steve Harvey does is like his face, like his reaction to somebody saying something in his pan to the camera. Like after that is one of the funniest bits he does. Like he just like, and like looks at the camera with that face. <laughs> and so, and like, that's the best thing Keenan Thompson does too. And SNL when he does his Steve Harvey and he does like that exaggeration I just, of it. I it's... just imagine Keenan now when you say, steve harvey well because he does that's like his best impression like that's like the that's only also one that's just good. the most yeah. of steve harvey that i see yeah yeah it's funny because i have hulu and whenever i have hulu like and my wife and i watch like a few kind of like dumb tv shows that like air on like abc or whatever that you can get through hulu and stuff and every time we're done with like one of those so like if i like they either try to play the bachelor after like autoplay like force us to watch the bachelor or they start auto playing like family feud, like, or like celebrity family feud with like Steve Harvey or something. Like every single time, if we leave it right after the credits roll for like five minutes, then it just starts forcing us to watch these fucking. I love the bachelor for like the first several episodes. I've never and actually watched it. There's still a ton it. of bitches and they're all being awful. It's great. Yeah. I've never really watched it, but I know people. I mean, it's a we've only watched show. like a couple of seasons and i think we fell off both times like we stopped watching right yeah it, it eventually it gets too fake like, it's a lot hard of the... to stay invested in because i don't actually care that too and like the big one that we watch all the time is, is 90 day fiance and that's getting to a point where like i'm look like you can tell which ones are fake and not like which relationships were put together by producers and like which ones are like kind of real yeah but then you find out that all these people met each other off of like sugar baby websites and like sex like roulette chat rooms and shit you know like this uh cam girl shit type thing <laughs> that's literally every fucking couple on that show dude <laughs> like it's literally just like these sex tourists like finding these poor like third world girls <laughs> like, <laughs> giving them money and they're like oh how yeah, did you meet so it always so starts bad. with them meeting on like some cam girl website or something and like, oh, this yeah. guy getting obsessed with her oh man yeah. and he pulls an edward and wants to be her hero dude <laughs> <laughs> But they look like Big Ed. Yeah, exactly, dude. That guy. How do you think he met that girl? Yeah, dude. Yeah. You know, he was there doing a little cam chat, dude, where he's paying those coins. Like the... well, and he leaned down video. to press his cold lips once more to my throat. Yeah. It's big Ed. 
that's one thing I noticed too, dude. Like not to like you know, Big Ed kissing your neck. And I've never read those True Blood novels. But like the thing that True Blood Neither have I, they're much shorter though. But the thing that True Blood did really well was like make the biting sexy. Like it made the like biting during sex like hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Eric Northman uh biting some girl's neck while they're banging naked. Yeah, it also didn't biting didn't mean that you turned into a vampire. Right, yeah. It show. meant that like they but just that drank does some of your mean blood. that in this book. Right, yeah. Which did we <laughs> remember when Edward sucks the venom out of her wound? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, that's fun. I mean, that's the climax. Yeah. Like, that's. And we don't even see the bad guy die, but he supposedly does. That's why I was thinking of that scene, dude, that where like Edward's over her and she's like turning into a vampire because the poison's going through her veins and Carlisle's putting that tourniquet on her like broken leg. And Edward's sitting there and Robert Pattinson, he's like, Carla! <laughs> like right before he like puts his mouth on like the, on her wound <laughs> to suck it out. Cause he's like stressing about how he won't be able to stop. And Carlisle's giving him directions and he's like waiting. He's like, Carla! He's like, it's up to you, Edward. Make the decision. Oh and then he starts sucking on her wrist. Yeah. Yeah. Suck that wrist, Edward. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. Suck that shit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's Twilight. That's enough. Twilight. Although it did make me think of that, like that Parks and Rec episode with uh, Will Forte. You remember that, where he's like chains himself to the to the Parks oh, and yeah, Rec yeah, department because yeah. he yeah, wants yeah. to put Twilight in the time capsule for his daughter yep. or whatever. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and he keeps like pulling out copies of Twilight. Giving right. to people. He's like, so you ever read it? It's good. But... <laughs> Yeah, dude. Quality. Alright, that's it. Nothing else on this. Fuck Bella. We didn't even get into Team Edward, Team Jacob, dude. I guess that's later well, novels. Cause Jacob's I mean, we'll, just... get, we'll get into it in yeah. book two, man. Because Jacob isn't even a fucking character. Like a real character in this one. Yeah. Alright. Reminders to listeners... This podcast is available on all platforms. We have a Patreon where you like to see full uncensored episodes. Patreon.com slash heavyboard. Check that out if you want to see some of our cool locked episodes. Uh, check out our YouTube channels for more. We have pretty much all of our free stuff up there as well as clips. Links to all the books in the description and stuff. And next week we are doing... Uh, Okay, we're going back into high-minded theory, dude. Theory of the Lyric by Jonathan Culler. I almost said Cullen. Theory of the Lyric. I've never read that. That's going to be interesting. Fucking Theory of the Lyric. Oh, one final thing. I kept, We keep forgetting to mention it. Like We're looking for workshop horror stories. Send those in to us at heavyboardpodcast at gmail.com. If you had any type of horrific event... <laughs> in a workshop of some kind we want to know I'd like to get that started that would be a fun uh, segment that we'll put up there yeah or if you witnessed one or if you witnessed one i mean usually if you've been in workshops for a long enough period of time you've experienced it dude. <laughs> i mean you've experienced it uh pretty hard uh 
So yeah, send in some workshop horror stories to heavyboardpodcast at gmail.com. We want to get that started. Uh, that's it. Subscribe. This has been Heavy Board. Suck my cup. I am heavy, heavy, heavy board. Sweats and the day sweats, pal. Pal, I do.